and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not disabled. Like, what? <laughs> because uh, by dictionary definition, disabled means lack of ability. And I don't believe that I lacked ability. I felt the same as I did yesterday. So I was like, well, that's that's not a good name for it. I need a, I need a different name for that. So I came up with this idea of being enabled. I was an enabled warrior rather than a disabled warrior. Welcome to the Life's Valleys and Mountaintops podcast. I am your host, Gina Johnson, a certified life coach. You will find stories here from people around the world sharing some of their most difficult journeys through illnesses, accidents, and trauma. Join me on my mission to create a community where people overcoming belong. We inspire and help one another to rise above our difficulties until we make it to our mountaintop. Let's meet our guest today. Our guest today is from England. Her life was forever changed when she was diagnosed six years ago with MS. She is now a patient advocate and stands up for young people who are newly diagnosed. She is a podcast host, blogger, illustrator for magazines and websites, and today she has come here to share her own personal journey with us. Please welcome Jessie Ace to the show. Hey! Now that I've given everyone just a brief introduction, could you please tell us a little bit about what your life looks like today? I am in Derbyshire in England with my lovely husband and my little dog, Lucy. I run my podcast uh, full-time and I'm also a blogger and illustrator for various different magazines and charities and everything, just everything that's going on. It's awesome. And I also have my own tribe of warriors as well. They are called the Enabled Warriors. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later, Um, but that's really awesome as well. So that's basically young people under 30 that are affected by chronic illness. That is very young and definitely we'll get there because now I'm going to ask you to take us to your journey. If you could take us to that moment in time that you considered to be the worst moment of your story and just share it with us and we will walk through your life to today. Yeah, sure. Um, So... It's not going to sound very, uh, very, very hard at the beginning, but it was actually the last day of university, um, which for most people is like it's supposed to be a really good day. It's, it's like you hand in the work day, you're like, great, I'm free. Like this, this is all kind of amazing, and you know, you know how it is. Um, but for me, it was a little bit different. So um, I actually woke up that morning on the last day, typically the last day as well. Um, I woke up with a paralyzed left side and it was totally weird and it was like totally weak. It was like someone had just flicked off a switch on the left side. It was so strange. And I found that like I kept uh, tripping over my left foot and I couldn't quite move my left hand right. I couldn't quite pick stuff up. And it was just really, really strange. And I felt weird in myself as well. So I felt really exhausted and just, I don't know, it was like all really, really weird. But I kind of put it down to stress and I kind of thought, you know what, that's probably normal because I've been working myself to death for the last few few months, like getting all the work done. And just to make things worse, I set up a business in my second year Um, and I had like a book deal for when I left uni and I managed to get an agent to represent me when I left uni and all of this really great stuff and I'd worked so hard to get all of it. And then all of a sudden it's like, things just switched overnight. It was really odd. And um, a week later, because <laughs> me being me, he didn't go straight to the doctor, me being me, uh, a week later, I was dragged to the GP by my boyfriend at the time, who's now my lovely husband. And 
they diagnosed me with something called a hemiplegic migraine. Mm. Now, I'd never had a migraine. I did not know what a migraine was, if I'm really honest. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, bit strange, bit strange. Um, but I thought nothing of it. I kind of brushed it off, and so did the doctor. So I was kind of like, ah, it's fine. Um, so I was on my way home, and she gave me a call, and she said, look, I've just spoke to my other colleague, and actually they said that you could have actually had a stroke and that I should have actually sent you to A&E. So you need to get to A&E now, like, like right now. Wow. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I was 22 at the time. Um, and it was just my whole world changed in an instant. It was, it was the weirdest thing ever. So I was sat in A&E and there was test after test after test. And like, I was a huge, huge fan of things like Grey's Anatomy and in the UK, we have a program called Casualty. <laughs> but not, like normally only uh, older people watch that on a Saturday night. Yeah. Um, I kind of like Casualty. It's, it's kind of my guilty pleasure, to be honest. And these tests were, were the only things that I'd... I'd only ever seen them in programs like that. I'd only ever seen them in Grey's Anatomy and Casualty. And I was like, I'd got no idea what's going on. I'm 22. It's the first time I've ever been in a hospital for something other than, like going to visit someone mm -hmm. like I've never I've never been in hospital before just for me it was it was so strange um and then long story short I was out within three days um I had numerous MRI scans and CT scans and oh god ECGs and blood tests and everything I was even woken up in the middle of the night once to do physio which was the weirdest thing ever in the middle and of it, the night yeah literally in the middle of the night I was like what <laughs> She was like, we need to do some physio with you. I was like, now? Seriously? She was like, yeah, we need to do some physio. Oh, my God. So funny. Um, it wasn't funny at the time. I was just going to say, looking back. <laughs> <laughs> looking back, it was funny. Um, but, yeah, so. And then I remember the last day like it was like it was five seconds ago. It was very strange. So, um, so the doctor came over to me, this uh, neurologist that I've seen, like, a couple of times within the last three days. And he, he came and sat on my bed. And he, he pulled the curtain around because we have like little cubicle things. I don't know if it's the same, uh -huh. same way you are. We have little cubicle things. And he sat on the end of my bed and he said, uh, look, uh, Jesse, um, we think we finally know what it is. We think it's this thing called multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and I was like, what the heck is that? I've got no idea. No idea what that is. Never heard of it. Don't really know what's going on. And he said, well, we just want to do one more test to confirm. Um, but the best thing for you to do, and I thought this was okay at the time, bear in mind, he said to me, the one thing that you can do is go home and Google it, find out about it in your own time, and um, if you've got any questions, then you can kind of, you know, find it out for yourself kind of thing. And I was like, okay, fine. Now, I've, I've realized after talking to people that, that was a really, really bad advice that he gave me. Ah, uh, yeah, that's um, crazy. Obviously, I went home... And I Googled it and I found every negative story. I found every picture of every wheelchair and I just did not know what to do. And I became severely, severely depressed. And that was like, I would say the hardest time of my life, definitely. I could see where the patient advocate would come from because that is such a horrible way to send you home. Definitely, yeah. And then like, it wouldn't have took much to just say, oh, I've got a leaflet here on MS or like, have you got any questions now that I can answer? It's like, the only thing that came to mind was, I'm going to be in a wheelchair. Oh my God. And it was 
awful. It was really, really scary. And I don't know what was going on. They put me on a stroke ward, by the way, in the hospital. So I was surrounded by like 80 year old ladies who all had dementia or Alzheimer's and were all shouting. And uh, yeah, I just felt so out of my depth and just out of control of absolutely everything. And you were only 22. Yeah, literally 22 years old. Now, did you actually have a stroke? No, turns out it was MS um, because the that was kind of my main... Uh, so I'd had what, what was called a relapse. Um, and it's basically... How do I explain this? So I have a type of MS called the relapsing remitting kind of MS, mm-hmm. um, which is basically where I go through stages of relapse and then everything kind of clears up and I kind of get day-to-day symptoms, but everything's sort of normal, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then I can have like an exasperation. I can have a relapse where I lose like another part of my body or say my speech stops working or my eyes stop working or, or something. Would you mind if I ask you just to pause like for a moment in your story? Yeah. For anyone who's never heard of MS, do you have yeah, kind of sorry. like a real quick, <laughs> would you be willing to share just a kind of cliff notes about what it is? Yeah, of course, of course. Sorry, I, I get so used to talking about it that I kind of just assume everybody knows about it, but obviously they don't. Um, so MS is basically a disease that affects your brain and spinal cord. And what happens is basically the you have like a protective coating around your nerve cells. And um, what happens in MS is that your body thinks though that coating around the nerve cells is a virus, so the body attacks it, mm. essentially. So it's kind of like if you've got a, you know, your, your phone charger cable? Yeah. I don't know what you call them. We call them phone charger cables. We do if too. That, <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> if that uh, cable was frayed, for example, and the wires were showing, yeah, then it wouldn't be as good of a charger cable. The electricity wouldn't get from one end to the other, Right. if, if that makes sense. So then you end up with all these crazy symptoms and stuff. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for that. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. Okay, so what was your next step after you Googled things? It did not go well. And then <laughs> how did you how did you move on with your life from that point? Oh, well, um, I became, I had severe anxiety anyway. And MS really exasperated that. So I was actually quite scared to go outside and things. So I kind of locked myself away in my flat. Mm. <laughs> that was kind of number one. Um, and I found it really difficult because I didn't fully understand MS myself. So I couldn't really explain it to somebody else. So my friends that I was friends with in like, the block of flats that I lived in, um, they kind of stopped talking to me because I didn't know how to really explain what MS was. And they didn't know how to, you know, they didn't, they didn't know what it was either. So it, it was just like kind of, breakdown of communication on both sides really mm-hmm. and yeah so I don't know life kind of just went on as best it can and I think it got slightly worse when they they put me on this medication um and that was probably the second hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life to be honest um which is where I had to basically inject myself uh, a couple of times a week and I had a severe anxiety at the time. I had a really severe um, phobia around needles. I really, really hated needles. So having this treatment where I had to inject myself was not the most ideal thing, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, and actually, I got to the stage where I'd have a panic attack before I'd have to do each one of them. And I actually couldn't do it myself. I had to actually get somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so if you're out there listening and you have to inject yourself, I am fully like in support of you. It is personally, I think it's the hardest thing you could ever, ever do, to be honest. It sounds like getting help was a good idea. Mm, kind of. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> no, so what you're so, saying is people have to learn to do it themselves? Well, it's it's whatever works for you. I mean, I was literally... I was I had too much anxiety to be able to press the button to be actually to actually inject myself, so I had to get my boyfriend to do it. Okay. Um. So yeah, it is just really really hard. Um. And I had about four months between my actual diagnosis and then the first time that I met my neurologist slash MS nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't quite remember which of them I met first. I met one of them first, but it was that four month gap in the middle where everything just kind of fell apart, like. <laughs> I didn't know what to do or who to turn to or who to talk to about it. I'd um, spoken to people like on forums and things online and in um, Facebook groups as well. But the stories just kept getting more negative and more negative. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just felt like I was doomed. It was it was awful. I literally thought my life was over. And I know that's like the biggest, um, uh, most dramatic thing. But it, that's how it felt at the time. It was it was horrible really bad I feel like I can just relate with you through so many of these steps like being in the cardiac ward at 34 everyone was old too and then googling it and you know angina on google is like death death and death (laughs) and then there is nowhere really to reach out to aside from Facebook it's uh totally different things but I can just see that that darkness journey being being equally difficult yeah I don't think it's that easy for anybody. I mean, obviously, it's not an easy thing. But I, I've learned now that what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you. And that is a huge, huge lesson that we need to all learn. I like that. Do you think you're ready for the turnaround point? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Let's leave all this negativity behind. It's horrible. <laughs> Always good to do that. But thank you for being willing to share that. Because if someone's there now, that might be just what they need to hear. But here's where it starts to get encouraging and inspiring. Can you take us to the moment of time where you experienced an incredible turnaround point and we will explore the steps that you took or the faith that you used to walk your journey? Yeah, totally. Um, I think it was around the time when, and this is going to sound really funny, but it was actually when things started to go wrong at work. So I was employed at the time and I just started this new job after I was diagnosed and it was getting harder and harder to actually um, drive there, to actually commute to, to the place there and back again. And it was actually leaving there that actually pushed me into an entrepreneurial journey. Um, and I am so grateful now that everything kind of went wrong in that <laughs> job because uh, it enabled me to start the business that I started, which at the time was a wedding stationery business. Um, I then went into another wedding business in partnership with my husband because we were engaged and going through that sort of journey. So we were helping other brides to be through that journey as well. Um, and then in January of this year, in 2019, um, I started to do some blogging for the Society in America and the uh, UK MS Society and various other charities in, in, the, in the UK as well. Um, and that was huge that was that was a huge huge thing for me and I think I don't really know what that point was where I just it just kind of clicked but I think because the wedding business um 
was coming to an end because we'd already got married and I was getting more and more frustrated with, um, you know, like people, uh, people trying to match every sort of colour to be exactly the same. Oh, so we yeah. sold bridesmaids dresses. I should just mention <laughs> that. We sold bridesmaids dresses and it was a nightmare. And just, just do not sell bridesmaids dresses because if one person doesn't like them, they all have to come back, okay? And it is a pain. So, yeah, just don't do that. Um, so, <laughs> because of that, um, because of that, we kind of, me and my husband was working together and we kind of went into this mode of self-development and self-improvement and we kind of, we found um, Tony Robbins. Uh, I'm hoping that you've heard of Tony Robbins. because Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love that guy. He's amazing. So, yeah, and Tony Robbins. And I think Hal Elrod was a, a huge inspiration to me as well because mm -hmm. I found his book called The Miracle Morning. Yes. Um, have you heard of it? And the community on Facebook too, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. I love it. And his story in general is just so inspiring because he was, uh, for those who don't know, he was in a car crash and he lost the feeling from his neck down. He was told he was ne he'd never walk again. And he was really young when that happened. I can't remember the age exactly, but he was really young mm -hmm. when that happened. And he taught himself to walk and he's now like an international speaker and he's got a huge movement and he's just the most incredible person. I love it. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> that was kind of the, the switch for me, I think. And that's when I started to, to go into the, um, I kind of realized that actually my story wasn't a typical, uh, no, let me, let me rephrase that, sorry. So my story was kind of a typical story um, and other young people were telling me the same sort of stories that they weren't supported and things. And I thought, well, I, want, I need to change that. I'm in a position that um, where I can change it and I, I need to change it, I need to do something. So that's when I started all the blogging and all that stuff. And then later on that year in May, I actually started my podcast as well, which is a disabled to enabled podcast, which is awesome and follows the stories of people with chronic illnesses that have kicked its butt and do amazing stuff. I love that name, Disabled to Enabled. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. It has a story behind it. It does have a story behind it. <laughs> do you want to share or do you want to send people to a certain place where they can find it? Um, that's, that's cool. I'll just, I'll, just talk, I'll just talk about it. So basically, uh, the whole story behind that was when I was diagnosed with MS, I was suddenly told by my MS nurse that I could claim disability and I could get a disabled badge and I could do... Um, you know, I have like disabled in the workplace rights and things. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not disabled. Like what? <laughs> because uh, by dictionary definition, disabled means lack of ability. And I don't believe that I lacked ability. I felt the same as I did yesterday. So I was like, well, that's that's not a good name for it. I need a, I need a different name for that. So I came up with this idea of being enabled. I was an enabled warrior rather than a disabled warrior. Um, by dictionary definition again, enabled warrior was like to empower and to like to, to give ability and, and that sort of thing. So that's really where it came from. So I wanted to kind of find other warriors that were maybe struggling with that and just kind of give that um, that that hope and inspiration and just to know that there is a good thing that can come out of diagnosis. The diagnosis isn't the end. And that's the thing. I have a feeling you've already answered this question, but the next question is, what about you has changed the most from your experience? I'll tell you one thing that has changed the most, and you will not believe this when I tell you. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Drum roll. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Okay, so when I was at school, and when I was a teenager, that, that sort of age, 
I would not talk to a single person because my anxiety was that high, I was too scared to. So bad. And now I'm a podcast host for a living. <laughs> like, <laughs> where does that come from? I don't know. <laughs> that is really incredible. I don't know. I literally didn't even want to say my name in the register. It was that, it was that, to that extent, it was just ridiculous. Wow. But I know a oh. lot of people like that. A lot of people that have that anxiety. Yeah. It's a very common thing. Mm-hmm. It is. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible growth. Can you share with us one of your personal habits that contributed to, I wouldn't necessarily, usually I say overcoming this, but in your case, it's um, <laughs> living with it and thriving from it. Yeah, definitely. I think the one biggest thing that I've really learned is to get a really, really good morning routine. And I cannot stress this enough. I go on about this all the time on Instagram. Seriously. <laughs> um, having a good morning routine is so crucial to someone with a chronic illness. And every morning I make time to um, sit and write in my journal, write about the things I'm feeling or I'm worrying about or, um, you know, things that I need to write down before I forget them because that happens quite often. And really sitting and meditating and reflecting and visualizing how I want that day to go. And I think this is a really crucial one. Visualizing how you actually want that day to go means that it will go in a much better way. (laughs) You know, um, chronic illness is sometimes unpredictable. So I could be fine for, say, three hours and then I could do something that would be that would require too much energy and then boom, it's just like completely flipped and I get an exasperation of symptoms and then all hell breaks loose. It's awful. So morning routine, massive, massive thing. (laughs) And the book you mentioned, Hell's Miracle Morning, is a really great resource for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So go and check out everybody, Hal Elrod, The Miracle Morning. All right. Thank you later. <laughs> is that going to be your resource? Because the next question is to share a resource like a podcast oh, or a really? book that helps well, you along well. the way. <laughs> I've actually written my own ebook, which would be really, really helpful for everybody listening. And it's a really great way to reduce your anxiety. Um, and I'm not quite sure I can remember the, the link to it, if I'm honest. So I may have to just have a bit of a type. Sorry. You can send it to me and I'll link it in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It'll okay. be at the show notes. They can just Google Jesse Ace and uh, it will be there. Okay, cool. So basically this ebook is like a five page ebook. It's really short, but it gives you um some exercises to do that you can do every day and it will just really help to manage your anxiety. That sounds excellent. For anyone who is working with anxiety, I highly recommend checking that out. Okay, Jesse, we're moving into the grand finale. You have been just excellent with sharing your whole story with us and making us feel like we're right there with you, and I appreciate that. And everybody is going to walk through valleys and mountaintops through their life, and when you're faced with a challenge the next time, what is it for you that would be most essential you have with you? Ooh, good question. Good question. I think what's really important is mindset. For me, mindset is the biggest thing. And if you, I, somebody said this on my podcast the other day, actually, where um, they said, if you don't have health, you don't have anything. And that's so true. And it's, it goes for mental health as well. It includes that in there. So definitely, definitely, definitely mental health. So if you need, if you're in need of inspiration, then make sure to check out the Disabled to Enabled podcast because that's exactly what we aim to do. And I will definitely link that in the show notes as well, so they can find it. Thank you so much. 
So now's your opportunity to tell us what's good with your life right now and where is the best place that somebody can connect with you? Yeah, totally. So if you want to read all my blogs and stuff for the various charities, you can go to www.jessieace.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is enabled underscore warriors and Facebook is, uh, you can join my, my group, which is facebook.com slash group slash enabled warriors on there. And I have a page as well. And you can also follow the Disabled to Enabled podcast by going to bit.ly slash capital EW, more letters connect. Hey guys, welcome back. I'd love to know what was your biggest takeaway from this interview? Mine was to lean into the discomfort of what you're feeling and at the same time be able to have a vision for your future and take steps towards it. I love how Jesse has done both, acknowledged the difficulties that she's experienced as well as the great future that she is seeing for herself and already living today. And I just want to say if you like what you're listening to today, please head on over to whatever platform you listen to, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google, and leave an honest review. Those reviews really help people find the podcast and we can get it out to more people that are having difficulty in their life and wanting to have a great future. Thanks for being a listener of the show and a part of the community. Be back next week with another inspiring interview.